Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. We're going to talk about, um, about, about grace. Amazed by grace. Amazed by grace. Maybe you were here last week. Maybe that was the first time you came to church. We had uh, what we call uh, one day uh, Sunday. And maybe you were invited to church for the first time last Sunday, and this is your second time. And when we talk about words like grace, you may be thinking of your cousin called Grace. <laughs> or someone, or yourself, your name is Grace. So it's okay. We are going to explain what it means. Or maybe you've been in, in the church for a long time and you've heard of grace so many times. But well, we just want to emphasize on that. We want to, uh, to go deeper and, and talk about it again, even if you've heard of it so many times. So if your name is Grace, if your cousin is Grace, if you, do you know the song Amazing Grace? You've heard of grace somehow, somewhere. So we, we, we all know something about grace. But maybe you're asking yourself, what is grace even? Um, or what is amazing about grace? I, I was reading a, a book, and, and that is titled, What's So Amazing About Grace? It's a very good book. And I think that book inspired me, and I'm, and I'm going to speak. If you have read that book, then you know what I'm about to talk about. Because I, I just felt in my heart, we need to talk about grace. I'm the product of grace. And I, I walk by grace. I breathe by grace. I live by grace. So why not talk about grace? We need to talk about grace. I've been shown a thing said, kids dinner. <laughs> Parents, can you take your kids to get some dinner? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's dinner. When Paul was talking about grace, or when he was writing about grace, he, he was using a, a Greek word called charis. C-H-A-R-I-S. In the cultural context of the word, charis, he was talking to them about a concept, not just a word, but a concept. In the cultural, in the Greek culture, charis meant a benevolent gift from a superior to an inferior. It's benevolent from a high power to a, an inferior. The funny thing about this, this gift, it involved three people. Not only the giver and the receiver, but three people. One person who was called a patron, who the giver, another person called a client, or the needy, the receiver, and another person called a broker or a middleman. So the middleman will go and look for the person who is in need, who needs that, that gift, and bring that person to the giver, to the the, the authority or the high, high power. 
And uh, he will connect the two people, the one who has the gift and the one who needs the gift. Then once they are connected, the giver will give, the patron will give to the client the gift, but it's not free. The broker will pay for it. It is free for the receiver. It is not free for the giver. And it is not free for the broker. So the only person who is receiving something for free is the receiver. So if you've, been, if you've read the Bible before, you understand where we are going. When Paul is telling them, Charis, we've received a charis, a gift, it means it's from a giver. We are the receivers. It's free. But someone paid for it. So that's the concept. That's what they knew he was talking about. So when we talk about grace, we, we may think about it just as a word. But for them, it was a concept. There was a story behind it. They, there was a concept. There is a process behind the term charis. So for us, when we read the Bible, this is what grace means for us. The unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. That's how we define grace in our Christian language. Unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness and favor of God. So let's take one word at a time. One word at a time. Unmerited. You do not merit. You don't have the merit of getting it. You're not qualified for it. It's unmerited. Gift from God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It is important to go to understand this. When we get to heaven, no one will stand in heaven and say, I'm here because I was a great guy. I was a good man. I did more good than bad. Everybody, everybody in my suburb, on my street, knew that I was a good person. I said hi to them every morning. I was smiling to my neighbors. I was helping them even to cut to mow their lawns sometimes. I was good. That's why I'm in heaven. No one will get to heaven and claim that they were good. Everybody who will get there will know. That someone paid the price. Jesus Christ. Because Paul says, if it's because of something you've done, then you will be able to boast. Then you'll be able to say, oh, I was a great guy. Oh, well, Jesus, so if with or without Jesus, I could have been here still. So no one will be able to boast when we get to heaven. It's not by merit. It's by grace. 
Not by work, but by grace. When we look in Jesus, the palms of his hands, we'll see the scars. And we know that's why we got healed. Because of what he did for us. I got home one night, come from work, and I... When I was walking in the corridors, like in the house, I saw some scratches on the wall. <laughs> scratches on the wall and writings and whatever, just dirty. And on top of that, I saw a very large hole in the wall. And you know when you are renting, that means you have to pay for it. You have to find someone to fix it. I was irritated. I called all the suspects in the house. <laughs> called my three children, stand there. Who did this? My firstborn, Mikri, said it was not him. So he was uh, excluded from the investigation. Caris <laughs> and Iris, who did this? They explained to me what happened. They brought a skateboard in the house. They were sitting on it, so one is pushing. And as they are pushing, so you see scratching the wall with stuff in their hands. And by accident, I don't know if it's by accident or on purpose. But what I know is they hit the wall and they caused that hole, that big hole in the wall. So I asked them, do you know how much this will cost me to fix? No. Do you know how much time it will cost me to clean this wall? No. So you were doing all these crazy things without even a thought of who will fix it, how they will fix it, how much it will cost? No. Okay. I called some, some friends. I think, I think Nathan came to help me to fix that. Yeah, Nathan came. He knows the story. Have a witness. <laughs> I cleaned the wall because I needed to. When I was looking at them, I, I could see how... I, I'm sorry for the word. How stupid. <laughs> their work, their actions were not they are not stupid their actions were stupid but as the father i jumped straight to fix the problem because that's what fathers do fathers fix stupid <laughs> i'm telling you when god looks at you when God looks at you, and I know I don't, I don't want you to raise your hands, <laughs> but you've done a lot of stupid things. You've scratched the wall. You've caused some damages in the wall, and God just came and fixed it. Without asking you to fix it, God just did it. That's how good our God is. We've done some just mess in our lives. We, I've done so many stupid decisions. 
and God fixed it for me. That's grace. You don't pay for it. Love covers the multitude of sin. Grace covers the multitude of stupidity, stupid sins. To be honest, yes. You will agree with me. Undeserved. Romans chapter 3 verse 24. And all are justified by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So when Paul was writing about grace, the believers in Rome understood the cultural concept of it. Of the word charis. So they understood that Paul was talking about a gift that they have been paid, that has been paid for by a broker called Jesus Christ. And he underst they understood that it was given to them for free. And, and Jesus paid by dying on the cross. Instead of us dying, he died so that we can receive salvation. We don't deserve. The Bible says justified freely. We are justified freely. God saw the need. He saw the need of your forgiveness. Maybe you haven't made mistakes before. You, you, you are a very good person. I have made mistakes in my life. And I needed forgiveness. I've sinned before. And I needed forgiveness. I had needed forgiveness. And Jesus saw that we need forgiveness. He died so that we can be forgiven. Maybe you, you, you never needed forgiveness. You, you know, I've listened to people. I've listened to men and women. And, and I've sat in, in, as a pastor, you listen, listen to people. I've listened to men who have cheated on their wives. And their wives knew about it. And they, they, they love their wives and they want to repair, to fix their relationship. And they don't know, they don't know how, to, how to ask for forgiveness. They don't know what to say. Maybe you haven't been in that situation, but people have been in that situation. Or a different one. A situation where you need forgiveness. You, you need to be forgiven. Jesus knew that's the situation we were in. We, we, we need that forgiveness. And he said, I will do it for you. He did it. So that we can be forgiven. And if you are here, you are holding something. So you, you are guilty of something in your heart. You feel like, can I be really forgiven? Yes, you can be forgiven. It doesn't matter what you've done. You can be forgiven because Jesus paid the price for your forgiveness. And earned. Romans chapter 11 verse 6. And if by grace then it's not. It's no more of works. Otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it's to be of works. Then it's no more grace. Otherwise work is no more work. I think you understand that scripture. If salvation is free. Then it's not earned. If it's earned. Then it's not free. So if you have to do something 
to get it, then it's not free. And if you can't do anything to get it, then it's free. It's not about what you do to be saved. If righteousness is free, then it's not earned. This is how the Baker Encyclopedia defines uh, grace. Grace is the dimension of divine activity that enables God to confront human indifference and rebellion with an inexhaustible capacity to forgive and to bless. A gift is called a gift because it's free. If a gift has a catch, that means it's no longer a gift. Every time I give my wife a gift, it's with no string attached. Oh, she doesn't believe me. <laughs> it's a gift. She doesn't believe that. Yes. When you, when you receive a gift, it's called a gift because you know you are not going to pay for it. If someone gives you a gift and you know you are going to pay for it somehow, then you don't feel like it's a gift. You know, it's, you, if you pay a gift with my credit card, it's not a gift. It's not a gift. And God says, it's a gift. Salvation, it's a gift. It's a gift. Christ died for our sins. If the question is asked, if heaven exists, what do you do to get there? Most people will say, do more good than bad. Most people would say that. For you to go to heaven, you need to do more good than bad. And I will say, God's standard is not good. You don't need to do good to go to heaven. You don't need to do good. You don't need even to do better. You don't need even to do excellent to go to heaven. You need to be perfect to go to heaven. Perfect to go to heaven. That's the answer. If you are not perfect, there is no place for you in heaven. And that's the news I brought to you tonight. Heaven is for, for perfect people. Not for those who try their best. So if you thought you'll get to heaven because you are doing good, you are deceived. Perfect. God's standard is perfect. James chapter 2 verse 10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. It doesn't matter how hard you try. If you only lie a bit, you are guilty of the whole Bible. You have sinned against God just like someone who killed. Who? God's standard is so high. You have to be perfect to please him. Romans chapter 4 verse 1 to 4. 
What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in his, this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. Let me keep going. Are you a righteous because you do righteous deeds or you do righteous deeds because you are righteous? Righteousness is the right standing with God. That's the definition of it. God sees you as a perfect person, righteous person. So are you righteous because you do righteous deed or you are? You do righteous deed because you are righteous. A righteous person can do unrighteous deeds. An unrighteous person can do righteous deeds. However, righteous deeds cannot make an unrighteous person righteous. Hmm. I wake up in the morning as a righteous person. I don't do this, but I think it can happen. I don't say hi to my wife. I'm cranky. Lies, I tell. <laughs> Don't say hi to your children. They're asking, what are you doing? You don't say anything. You go to work, you, you had a bad dream maybe. You're just answering everybody anyhow, like you're not being nice to people. And then I have to drive to Canada. And then I overtake someone. And then, no, no, I overspeed. And then I get a fine. And then, <laughs> that's a righteous person doing all those things. And then I see... A driver driving very slowly, very slowly, like 60 in Canada Road. That's a crime. <laughs> that's too slow. <laughs> that's too slow. And then I overtake that person and they, because I know, you know what? You have to give that person a look to show them that. <laughs> Do you know what you're doing? And then when I overtake that person, I look at the person and I drive. And then I hear my phone ringing, and the phone is like, Pastor Mike, is that you? <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> it was a Canada church member. <laughs> a righteous person can do unrighteous deeds. Just the same, unrighteous person can wake up and smile to everybody and say hi to everybody and, and drive well and do all the good deeds that they can do and still be unrighteous in the eyes of God. It's only through Jesus Christ. So bring me the, t the table. I will explain something here because I think we need, to, we need to understand this. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Let's explain this. Can everybody see there? Or can yeah, good. 
<laughs> so this is me, the unrighteous guy. I do a lot of unrighteous stuff. And everybody knows this is, this is how my life was. Small unrighteous act did and really big ones, small, 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 small. This is Mike. And this is Crystal. The righteous girl. I don't know if you can see here people from that side. I don't know. I will. She's done a lot of righteous deeds. They are uh, righteous. Righteousness. She's a very good girl. Always smiles. Always nice to people. She talks slowly. Everybody understands what she's saying. <laughs> she's just nice. But she has done a few unrighteous things. Like a few unrighteous, like one there, one here, maybe only three, and one small unrighteous. Just a very small unrighteous there. That's her. Very, very good person. And me, I'm just a bad person because I, I overtake people. I, no, normally I don't do that. And this is Jesus Christ. He's just a righteous. Everything about him is righteous. It's just, ah, Jesus. He's saying, this one has no place in heaven. This one has no place in heaven. Both of them have no place to heaven. So when you give your life to Jesus Christ, both of you, he takes his righteousness... He imputes that on you. You thought you were bad. He makes you righteous. You thought you were good. He makes you righteous. That's grace. None of those two people deserve heaven. It's only through Jesus Christ that we are seen in the eyes of God as righteous. It's only through Jesus Christ we can step in heaven and know that we belong there. It's all through him. That is grace. So before I close, you will be asking yourself, why do we now need to do good deeds? If even if I do bad, I will still go to hell. If even I do good, I will still do good. No, no. We, we, we don't do good to earn salvation. We don't do good to earn God's love. We don't do good to earn God's attention. We do good, do good, we do good because we have been loved. It's a response. To grace. Every good deed done by an unrighteous person doesn't count. It doesn't count. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do 
good works. So our good works are not a way to draw God's attention on us, are a way to respond to God's love. Otherwise, Isaiah 64, 6 says, All of us have become like one who is unclean. All of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Everything you do without Jesus is like filthy rags. Only through faith in Jesus Christ, you are qualified for heaven. So I will ask you a question. When did you believe? Abraham believed it was credited to him as righteousness. When did you believe? Let's bow our head. And I'm going to ask this question. Maybe you're still struggling with guilt. You don't know what to do with your life. With your actions. As you are praying or meditating, I have a question for you. Sin will not take people to hell. Unbelief will. If you don't believe, then you will go to hell. God has provided a solution for your sins. If you're in this room and you need forgiveness, if you're in this room, you need God to consider you as a righteous person, your good acts will not save you. Your good act will not save you. Your faith will. Just raise your hand and we'll pray together. If you're in this room, thank you. Just raise your hand if you are here. You want to make that decision that Jesus today Today, I want to become a righteous in the eyes of God because of the price you've paid. Raise your hand. We will pray together. Thank you, brother. It is by grace. It is by grace we are saved. Not by action, not by works, not by good deed, by grace. Can put your hand down. Pray this prayer after me. And church, you can help them, brothers and sisters who have just put their hands up, and to receive this righteousness, this gift, free gift we receive from Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the free gift of salvation I've received from you. I receive you in my life. I receive Jesus in my heart. 
Holy Spirit, come. And live in me. In Jesus' name. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my future to you. I surrender all to you. From now on. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer, we have a book for you. After service. If you raise your hands, if you put your hands up. After service, just go there and at the, the, the host will have these books and you can grab your copy. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you, the church. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everyone in this room. Those who have been struggling with guilt, thinking that they are not good enough. Let them know tonight. Let your son, your daughter know that they don't need to be good enough because you are good enough. And you have imputed your righteousness on us. We are righteous in the eyes of God. We thank you, Jesus. I pray that that conviction will become a belief. It will transform people's lives tonight. Thank you for your grace, oh God. That we don't deserve. That we did not earn. It's a free gift from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.